utilize your resources, right? There's so many resources and so many things available to you as a college student at this university. And it's a very unique time in your life. Um, when you're done here and you're not a student anymore, a lot of those uh, services and resources are not as accessible. You're listening to CWC Talks, a podcast from the University of Florida Counseling and Wellness Center. In each episode, we discuss mental health topics related to the experience of being a student and share the struggles and joys of taking care of your mental health while in college. Please note, CWC Talks is not a substitute for counseling and may be sensitive for people who have experienced trauma. All guests' views are their own and do not speak for the CWC, the University of Florida, or the mental health profession as a whole. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Olivia. And this is CWC Talks. So today we're talking with Samantha Evans from Gatorwell about our strengths and different dimensions of wellness. So Olivia, how do you, when you think of the word wellness, I know it can be such a like broad word, but what does that, I'm curious, like what that means for you? What that means for me is what is feeding my soul? What is nurturing me? And that can vary from day to day. You know, one day, something that could nurture me is taking a walk outside in beautiful weather. The following day, it could look like snuggling up on the couch with a blanket and reading a book. So, yeah, wellness has lots of different definitions for me. Uh, I like that. What's nourishing your soul? Yeah, for me, it's like, being really in tune with myself and aware of like what my needs are at in that day or in that moment, mm-hmm. whether, you know, those needs mean like, I just need some alone time mm-hmm. or, you know, time to recharge, or if it means, you know, go and do some, get some movement in and physical activity, So wellness for me is just kind of centered on self-awareness and balance and really knowing myself and, you know, what I need. And, you know, part of our conversation, we were talking about our strengths and what that means. So I'm curious, like if, if you know what your strengths are or, you know, how much you resonate with them or don't resonate with them. Are you talking about the um, survey that we take? Yeah. On our so, strengths? so I'm talking about maybe some students have done this survey too, but it's called um, Clifton Strengths. So there's, you know, we can use the word strengths broadly, like just to kind of mean what what we're good at, really. And in this context, we're talking about Clifton Strengths, which is one specific assessment for you to kind of identify what are these things that are kind of natural talents things that come to you just a little bit easier in life? Well, I definitely think that I resonate with all five of my strengths. My first one is developer. And I like that because I can develop, you know, new ideas and you give me a task to do and I'll do it. That resonates with me. The rest are very much in tune with my role as a counselor Empathy, harmony, connectedness, and belief. I mean, if that doesn't say counselor written all over it, I don't know what does. (laughs) (laughs) 
What about yours? Yeah. So um, I will say when I, when I first took this assessment, my strengths were all extremely relationship oriented. So I had empathy, connectedness, harmony, positivity, and autonomy, I think was one or something like that. (laughs) I think it was autonomy. And now I've taken this assessment a little bit more recently and my top strength is still empathy, but I also have some others that were kind of surprising for me. So I had intellection, um, maximizer, individualization, and developer. And I, I don't know, I feel like maybe some of that's coming from just different like work experiences and being in different um, like kind of leadership positions too outside of work and also thinking about like what I value more now too um, I think goes into that a little bit when you're taking the assessment. Yeah there are certain strengths that you get to exercise more um, depending on where you are in life, you know, whether you're in like a, a leadership role or whether you're in a relationship or lots of different things. Mm-hmm. How has like knowing about your strengths or understanding that been helpful for you? I think it's been pretty validating for me. Okay. You know, because when you're taking this, you know, long test, you're really not sure what the results are going to be. And then when it comes out and you read about it and it's like, oh yeah, this totally makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's nice to get that insight, you know, another kind of level of self-awareness or, you know, ability to kind of understand yourself in a different way. And I think, you know, as a student to being able to, articulate that to others can be really helpful when you're still kind of figuring yourself out and figuring out what you're good at, what you like doing and having, being able to put that into words, you know, especially if you're like interviewing for a job or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I would think too, that as you're learning more about yourself, you can take a look at your strengths and say, okay, well, I, one of my strengths is connectedness. So maybe I need to join a group and that will help me, you know, feel connected and help me figure out who I am or with empathy, maybe I should volunteer at, you know, a homeless shelter or, you know, a adoption shelter for animals or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, Also, if you are like in a student org or in any kind of organization or job, it can be helpful to think about like what kind of role in that group that might be a good fit for you. You know, if you're depending on what your strengths are, I know like one of them that is definitely not my strength is woo. And that's, you know, that charismatic person, you can talk to anyone if that's your strength, think about like how, what kind of roles that could be an asset in or, you know, what you enjoy doing to kind of utilize that strength. Okay. So Olivia, this week, I'm wondering what are your rose, bud, and thorn? So this week, my rose is I had an extra day off from work. 
So that was nice. Having that extra day to just either relax or do some extra things around the house that needed to be done, getting things accomplished. That was really cool. How about you? Today, my rose is being able to podcast with you (laughs) and having this time, (laughs) this time at work just to be able to chat and check in. That's awesome. You're speaking to my my connectedness uh, and my harmony. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. <laughs> what is your thorn? My thorn is I went and bought a new pair of pants and I'm wearing them today, but they are one of those high waist pants. Mm-hmm. And I'm not used to them and I'm really short. And so they're really high waist on me. So they're a little uncomfortable and a little annoying, but I'm getting used to them. So that's my thorn (laughs) this week. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I know what you mean. I love a high-waisted pants personally, but I know sometimes I've gotten them that have been just too hot. Like it doesn't take a lot. Like I, I'm also a short person. (laughs) And I know it doesn't take a lot for it to come up pretty high. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I understand. And what is your bud? So my bud, what I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to taking a couple of days and going out of town and kind of exploring um, some new areas of um, the southeastern United States. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Different change of scenery will be really nice. 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 What about you? What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to Pizza Wednesday. <laughs> so every Wednesday, my partner and I have pizza, and it, that's what it is. That's Pizza Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Do you so, make your own pizza, or you no, get it from somewhere? No. So. Pizza Wednesday is um, very unglamorous. It's um, typically frozen pizza. We do, we will get pizza somewhere, um, but that just, and you know, we've made pizza a couple of times at home, but Pizza Wednesday traditionally is frozen pizza. (laughs) So do you here answer like the age old question, Mm -hmm. is pineapple okay on a pizza? Pineapple is a hundred percent great. On a oh pizza. my goodness. <laughs> I love my, my ideal pizza is pineapple, bacon, and pepperoni, and then, you know, maybe garlic, basil, other stuff, but I love a pineapple. What about, are you a not pineapple person? I, I love pineapple, but mm-hmm. I do not love it on my pizza. I do love pineapple on my hamburger though. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yes. I, I don't think I've tried that. Oh, you have to. It's delicious. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I hope you all have some pizza and hamburger recommendations now as you listen to today's episode with Samantha Evans. Hi, my name is Chelsea Tobias. I'm a consultation and referral team specialist and a counselor at the CWC. And I'm here today with Samantha Evans, a health promotion specialist at Gatorwell. Um, So hi, Sam. I'm so glad that you could join us today. You're here to talk with us a little bit about wellness and strengths. But first, I was wondering if you could just speak a little bit 
to your role at GatorWell and, you know, some of the types of things that GatorWell can help students with. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Smith Evans. Um, you will hear me be, re- be referred to as Sam throughout the process. Most of my students and those I interact with uh, refer to me as Sam. So I am, as a health permission specialist at GatorWell, I some of the main things that I do, um, I work with our student staff around student development leadership. I oversee our health ed program. So um, that's our peer education outreach program. Um, I also am a wellness coach in the office. I think probably wellness coaching is the thing that most ties to the, the questions and the topic we're going to talk about today. Um, it also is a nice segue into what Gatorwell does as a whole and, and some of the services offered to students. Uh, essentially, those are just a few things. I do lots and lots of other things. Um, but as a health promotion specialist working at Gatorwell, Gatorwell is our health the health promotion office on campus here at University of Florida. Often we kind of refer to ourselves as like the public health department or office on campus. Definitely keeping in mind that there are lots of other health-related services across campus, uh, but knowing that more so from that, like public health, the health prevention, health promotion. So we don't we work with students around making healthy choices, actively creating plans around making positive behavior changes as it relates to their health and wellness. And we do that with through what's called primary prevention. So instead of, um, you know, ter- secondary, tertiary, where you might have someone seeking, um, already dealing with maybe some of the negative outcomes related to a choice that they might make around their health and wellness, and maybe having to go to the, you know, the student health care center for, let's say something, something has come up in their physical, their physical area of their health and wellness. We actually work with students almost on the front end of things to really help develop skills, fortify skills they already have, and really get them to a place kind of pre-possible negative outcome, right? And they may have experienced negative outcomes in the past, but are maybe transitioning or in a new, new, it's a new semester or a new position or a new space, and they want to start off, start off strong and not you know, replicate that health and wellness choice that maybe wasn't so great in a previous semester or a previous time. So that being said, we offer outreach and education through presentations, even even with COVID through virtual events. But now we're going to hopefully this summer be coming into more physical and in-person events um, around a variety of health and wellness topics. Some of those topics, it's a wide range, but some of those topics include things like alcohol and other drug um, safety and prevention, uh, good sleep hygiene, stress management, time management, even sexual health, reproductive health, and interpersonal violence prevention. And um, we really do try to engage with students, you know, across the spectrum of like one-on-one as all the way up to large groups, even at the community level. And then I mentioned just now one-on-one. So some of our one-on-one services include the wellness coaching for academic success service that I mentioned before. We also have consults, shorter consults around mindfulness and sleep. Uh, We do also even have some basics that is offered, which is to help students through changing behaviors around alcohol and other drug and even tobacco consumption. So we do even offer those those one-on-one services. And then I would say kind of the third big thing is at that more like community level, university level, uh, we really do try to serve as active um, participants in advocating for, you know, the overall, the community, um, uh, community as the campus being overall healthy and well. So many levels, many different things, but truly it's around prevention and health promotion and really um, just 
getting students prepared to, to kind of make those healthier decisions that l- allow them to be really successful academically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I, I think that was really helpful to know and understand because I know a lot of students, it's a big university and there's a lot of different departments that might have similar names or similar sounding names. So I think it's really helpful to understand, okay, this is what I would go to you for versus mm-hmm. somewhere else. So I was wondering if we could start off this conversation today kind of broadly talking about how you might define wellness. I know that can be a pretty large kind of vague term and a lot of people define it differently. There's different dimensions of wellness, but I was wondering from um, your perspective, how do you define wellness or what it means to be well? Yeah. So from my perspective, there's so many definitions, even terms like health and wellness are used interchangeably in in a lot of cases. And I will even say in the field of health promotion, not just in higher ed, but health promotion in general, there's actively and constantly a discussion going on, like what the definition is, right? There's never one solid, this is like the beacon of what is defined. What I would say, and from my perspective, is that wellness is at minimum, it's a state of being, right? Um, So for essentially, you know, with wellness, it's a state of you could be in good health or you could be in bad health, right? And so it's a state and it's often a state that is very fluid, right? So you can be in a more positive or a good state of wellness and and moments later, something could happen and you are in, you know, a, a less satisfied or more negative or bad state of wellness. So it's really a state of being kind of across the spectrum of health, right? But also look at wellness as an active pursuit of activities, choices, lifestyles that really the hope is as a positive person and as a health person specialist is that these, this active pursuit of activities, choices, lifestyles is leading people in the direction of pushing people in the direction to their best and optimal personal, optimal level of health, right. Or to where they're most satisfied with their health and wellness. Another good way to do it, or like a, like just a short, a or shorter way to kind of put it outside of being a state of being is we look at wellness as, more than more than just surviving, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're not just surviving, but you're thriving. You really are able to pull out areas and aspects of your life where you feel really satisfied, and the and and even identify the impact that it's having on your health, right? Mm-hmm. And then that, that that dives into the dimensions, right? Which um, I know you had, had sort of talked to, and that there are lots and lots and lots of dimensions. So a characteristic not only is it fluid, but you have a lot of dimensions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm hearing that it's it's also something that you're choosing almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that you you know can. And there's a lot out, outside of our control, right? Yep. But I imagine part of this conversation is like figuring out what is inside of our control and figuring out ways to choose to move towards wellness. And you know, looking at the different dimensions and that, you know, I'm hoping you can talk a little bit more about like what those different dimensions are and understanding that it, you know, it can be on this spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I thank you for bringing that point up. Absolutely is a choice. There are parts of, of life and parts of our wellness that are absolutely out of control. The example that um, often I don't, I don't get to do it as much nowadays, but when I would go into like first year for classes or teach folks just about general health and wellness that I would, the example I like to give is that 
let's say you have someone who has a physical ability that is not the same as the person's next to them. There, there is some type of, I hate to use the word disability, but they just, they don't have as much ability, let's say physically in some way. Persons that are in those situations or they, they're born those ways or they're born that way, or there are circumstances that, you know, have put them into that situation where their physical health maybe is not the same as another person doesn't mean that they can't live and make choices to live to the optimal level of physical health for well for them as well. It also doesn't mean that they maybe they can't be at a similar level to people around them, but then they can make the choice to for all other dimensions that are important to them is to put that much more energy and focus into that. You know, somebody who maybe is more limited could actually be the 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 most emotionally sound and emotionally, if you're looking at that, that dimension balanced and satisfied person where on the outside you might look at them and say, oh wow, they they've they've got to be just so down and they're not because they've made the choice to despite what outside limitations or things that are out of their control, they they can't change. They're going to make changes and work towards living as as optimal mm-hmm. life in the things they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as dimensions go, yeah, there are a variety of dimensions, just like the definition for wellness. There isn't really one model of dimensions that is the end all be all. Um, we've actually over the years, I've been at Gatorwell uh, this summer about to start my 15th year, and we've gone through a number of iterations. The one that stuck the longest was a six dimension model. Uh, but a couple of years ago, we made a move to an eight dimension model. And then even in the last year with COVID and especially a little over um, a year or so ago, kind of last spring and summer with a lot of more attention around kind of the social and cultural unrest in our country, you know, we actually, we went into a ninth dimension um, model or nine dimension model. Typically you're going to find in the six dimension model, they're going to be identified as physical which is the one that people kind of go to immediately when you think yeah. of wellness, right? But you're going to find also uh, interchangeably, usually it's either emotional, mental, or emotional, mental, you know, wellness. Um, you're going to have intellectual wellness. You're going to have social wellness. You're going to have um, spiritual wellness and environmental. And that's the kind of more traditional six dimension model. We added two years ago, um, similar to um, organization known, um, by, known as SAMHSA, a model they use, we added financial and occupational. And then, as I mentioned, this last summer, spring, um, we also included a cultural dimension. So these are the various dimensions that we use at Gatorwell to really help inform programs we're creating and really help inform our practice as health promotion specialists. This is also the dimension we encourage students to model their own life around and, and the areas that they can look into. Yeah, that's one of the many that are out there. And I think mm-hmm. one other thing to keep in mind jumps off of. Um, my previous comment about choice is that typically not only is, are these dimensions on a, a spectrum, they're also interrelated. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, looking at it through the lens of these different dimensions, we can be doing really well in, at some dimensions in different points in our life and different points of time and then other times not so well. So I think it's, you know, it's pretty normal for those things to kind of shift and, you know, sometimes doing not so well physically kind of signals, maybe things aren't going so well, like emotionally or socially and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But, you know, I I think it's really normal for for these things to shift and ebb and flow over time. I'm wondering, like, what are some strategies? What are some ways for a student to kind of just 
you know, take a step back and like check in with themselves about, you know, how they're doing in these different dimensions or kind of assessing like, what are my different sort of wellness needs right now? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's actually um, a relatively easy check-in. Uh, typically, I have a visual for it. But what I would do with the visual is you can either, if you're somebody who wants to get it down on paper, or you could do it in your mind, you can think about and start with one dimension, right? And you think about kind of do like a, a mini self-assessment of, okay, where was I or how was I feeling in this dimension of wellness two weeks ago or a month ago, Right. And kind of assess that. And then where am I today? And how is that different or similar to where I was two weeks or let's say a month ago? And if I'm at a place where I'm maybe not as satisfied or I'm not feeling as great and I want to make a change, where do I want to be moving forward? Right. And so that checking in and assessing is that where was I however long ago when things maybe I was more satisfied with my emotional health, let's say. Mm -hmm. Where am I now? And then moving forward, that's where a lot of times like coaching can come into play or some of the other things we'll talk through. Um, it, but like really checking in with yourself and saying, okay, then what goals or what, what personal action steps can I make for myself to work towards getting to that, the future state that I want to be in, right? And you can even do almost like a scale. You could have like a one to five scale. Again, you could write it out and you could say, all right, one to five. One being not very satisfied at all, five being exceptionally satisfied. Where am I today with my physical health? Boom. Where was I? Or I'm sorry, where was I to, you know, however you want to do it, right? But like mm-hmm. checking in on those places and then creating a plan. It can be done based on dimension because as I mentioned, if you focus in on one dimension, you're going to see, and you even um, followed up with is you're going to likely see gains in other areas and other dimensions, right? Or you can choose to think about it holistically with your health and then use the dimensions as a way to create the plan, right? So overall, my health, it it was here. This is where I am now. And I want to be this place, right? So of the nine dimensions, if that's a model, what is maybe a dimension I could attend to more or come up with a plan around that I think will help me get there, right? So you can look at it, you can kind of customize and look at it. Um, whichever way works best for you also is important. You know, sometimes that's, that's like more of kind of like a self check-in. Um, if you have access to, or you're working with a counselor or you're working with a coach or, you know, you ha- not even officially someone like that, but you have someone in your support system that typically is the person you turn to for advice or to check in, you know, checking in with those folks, sometimes they can give you an outside perspective that, you maybe are missing because you're, you know, kind of in that tunnel vision or you're so focused in on one area, maybe where your immediate state is. And by talking to someone, they can say, well, you know, I know a few weeks ago you were doing this and you were feeling this way. And so I think another good, good way is, is to check in with others that are invested in your health and wellness or invested in, you know, your life, you know, specifically as a student, right? Mm -hmm. Like your success as a student, um, but your life in general might be a good way to help as well. Yeah. So I, I'm hearing like essentially taking time to reflect and doing this in a journal even or a planner yeah. or just, you know, being intentional about taking that time to check in with yourself on, on a regular basis and possibly, you know, having another person or, you know, someone for accountability to check in with. Absolutely. It could even be a roommate. 
right? Mm-hmm. It could even be just somebody who, you know, every so often you just check in with each other. How's things going? Most often, no matter where the conversation goes, it's going to have some type of connection to the dimensions of wellness, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think this relates a lot for me to kind of thinking about self-care, which mm-hmm. I think can be a really it's a word that's used very often Mm -hmm. nowadays Mm -hmm. to mean a lot of different things, but I think thinking about self-care intentionally as a way to respond to where we are in our wellness. So you might not always need a bubble bath and, you know, sometimes a bath or reading a book is nice, but, you know, depending on what, what your wellness needs are or where you're lacking, you know, Mm -hmm. that's maybe where you want to focus your self-care. Sometimes it means, like going for a run or mm-hmm. doing your dishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, one thing that we do, especially our stress management uh, specialist, when she does um, presentations, she talks about the self-care toolkit. And that's exactly mm-hmm. that. Um, what you can do is you can actually take some time. And again, if you're somebody who needs to write it down, you know, think through it. Often, if you're writing it down, there's a better way to track it or refer back to it, but journaling or, or what have you. And think about each of those dimensions and jot down a couple of things that you know that can help in those areas so that when you're feeling a little lower energy, you're feeling overall a little less satisfied about your performance or your wellness, you can, your, or your health, you can go in and say, oh, you know, I, I wrote down a 30 minute run, like you said, or I, you know, I recognize in there that taking time to to read a book that isn't an academic related book, right? It's a leisure book or any of those things. You can get a list going too of just what are those things that are going to help to refresh and revitalize and move the pendulum back to or towards more optimal levels. Absolutely. But yeah, we call it a uh, self-care toolkit. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I wonder what have you seen are some common barriers students might face in meeting these wellness needs or, mm-hmm. you know, living more optimally um, on these different dimensions of wellness? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest, biggest barriers is actually having the time to do things like, you know, self-care activities or slow down, take a breath, check in with okay. other people. And then time, and then I would say very closely and and usually they're pretty good partners in that, in that, I would say good stuff, but, um, you know, they come kind of hand in hand and stress, right? So whether it's academic pressures, expectations, deadlines, or even outside pressures, you know, more generally speaking, you're as a college student, you know, maybe you're really questioning things around career opportunities and maybe the path you've been going for a year or two it's really when you think about your overall health and wellness or you think about your strengths, what are the things I can be doing that are going to, if they're reoccurring and if I'm having to, to work with it and do with it, you know, deal with it every day are going to spark more joy or make me more engaged. You know, maybe looking back, I'm like, oh, well, you know, my mom and my dad, they really want me to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, but I'd actually be happier being X or working towards degree completion in this area. So I think even not just the direct academic pressures of I've got to do this exam, study for this exam or work on this project or whatever, but like just figuring it out, right? Like mm-hmm. that age and, and development and transition and just not to feel like I've got to be this certain 
person or do this certain thing just just so I can just say that I did it or, or please other people. I think um, one of the biggest barriers is like, what works for me? What is, you know, as a person, what is valuable to me? What's important to me? What, again, plays into my strengths? What's going to help balance my stress, you know, help me best use my time and, and prioritize things? So those would be the common things I, I would say, probably stress, time, academic pressures, even just outside pressures, and just kind of figure it out. Yeah. And I know, like we were talking about before, there's a lot of those things that might be outside of our control. So I just want to, again, like kind of acknowledge that and acknowledge like the privilege and even having more time to think about this stuff, because not Mm -hmm. everyone even has that chance to hit the pause button or, you know, reflect on this. And there's obviously a lot going on um, in terms of traumas and generational traumas and the pandemic and everything. Um, But I think this is all still important to like reflect on like, okay, so how can I respond to that? And what is this telling Mm -hmm. me about Mm -hmm. what I need right now? And what can I do to get these needs met? Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Everyone needs support. And sometimes something as simple as a letter can make a difference. UFCWC's Letters of Care campaign is a unique way for Gators to connect and receive compassion, support, and understanding from a fellow Gator. Once you submit your request for a letter, it will be anonymously sent to one of the UFCWC's aware ambassadors who will write you back a letter of care within five to seven business days. It's your own personal aware care bear. Request your letters at counseling.ufl.edu forward slash letters. I think this might be a good time to transition to talking a little bit about our strengths as well. And, you know, I want to talk about how our, you know, how we can incorporate our strengths into wellness. But I was wondering if you could start by just um, talking a a little bit about what strengths are. What what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it can mean a lot of different things. There's lots of personality and strength-based assessments out there. Um, I will just let you know, most of my background and training specific version of an assessment or a personal finder in that respect. And it's um, the Strengths Finder, Strengths Quest through a company company called Gallup. And with this, but generally with any strengths-based assessment, you do it and gives you characteristics or terms or things that helped you to be able to put in words, what are the things that I do well? I think sometimes because of the things we mentioned before, stress and time and various pressures, et cetera, we forget about those strengths and how they relate to like happiness and joy and our energy levels. And specifically with the strengths quest and and strengths finders and Gallup's program, it's really about figuring out what are the tasks, what are the choices, what are the lifestyles, what are the things that I can choose that are going to, instead of trying to fix my weaknesses, how can I actually do those things where I'm just building on and continuing to maximize the strengths that I have? And we often live in a society where we're so much focused on that weakness fixing, but it requires so much energy of us. So this, this, the model that I, or the, the version that I really like align to, and I'll speak to, I guess, in the next few questions is um, really about that positive approach and that like, okay, how can I, how can I do things that are really going to help me utilize the strengths? Because when we're utilizing those strengths, it's only going to, 
you know, have a positive impact on the levels of satisfaction within health and wellness, right? Even in coaching uh, at Gatorade Wellness Coaching, one of the questions we ask on our prep form for all initial appointments is, you know, what do you identify as your top three strengths? And we don't ask about weaknesses and that's not because there aren't any and we, you know, we're ignoring them. It's, we want to know what those main strengths are because as we work with students to create a plan around their health and wellness, we want to be be able to capitalize on that, right? It just really helps us to be able to move through decision-making and to move through getting to those higher levels and at more optimal levels of health and wellness more easily. The program that I speak to, it has 35 strengths, but again, there are a lot of different ones out there and it's it just helps to continue with self-discovery and exploration as well. Yeah, and and just being more self-aware, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I think that can help so much in just making decisions and figuring out what kinds of jobs or career paths might be good for you and um, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that students can learn more about their strengths or grow their strengths? Yeah. So um, there are definitely active ways to learn more about and grow within your strengths. Uh, you don't necessarily have to subscribe to the Gallup Strengths Press mm-hmm. Strength Finder, but just finding one that you like. And when you have that is, so you, you mentioned um, journaling before, um, just as a way to explore dimensions of wellness or kind of as things are happening um, within wellness in general. But as a person who really promotes the strengths aspect of that, you could solely have a journal or a section in a journal where you really focus in on maybe how did I use a strength today or in the last week? And what did that strength do to help me? What what did it enable me to do? Uh, So bringing awareness to it by self-reflecting, also talking to other people and whether they're familiar with the strengths, whatever strengths assessment you choose or not, maybe giving them a little bit of background on that, maybe even encouraging them to take it, but having conversations using those terms, having conversations um, around how to build teams within, you know, you know, I have this strength and this strength and you have this strength and this strength, ma'am, we want to create this type of end product. We'd be a great team to do that. There's certainly great assessments to bring up with, you know, if you have mentors or advisors, or if you have a job and you have someone uh, as a supervisor to bring various strengths assessments up with those folks and say, hey, as we do quarterly evaluations or check regular check-ins, can we use this term, these terminologies, or can we use this kind of as a way to shape, you know, how things are going, right? So definitely ways to apply it through conversations like that as well. And then of course, listening, you know, seeking out information, listening to podcasts like this, where there's a focus on strengths, attending workshops where you can continue to learn more um, about particular aspects of your strengths, finding ways to, you know, if you're creating a cover letter for a job that you want to apply for, Mm -hmm. use some of that terminology, you know, those are things people want to see. How would you highlight those strengths in, in a, on a cover letter or in a resume? So finding ways to apply, I think can be a little bit of a challenge, but we are all naturally creative, resourceful, and whole people. And so by being creative and thinking around like, how can I continue to use this, use these strengths to my advantage, be creative with it. Think about it. You know, make a, make a plaque and put the plaque 
you know, over your desk or on your vision board and allow that to be some of the terms or words that you aspire to. Um, So yeah, be creative with it, but hopefully that gives some ideas. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I think like, yeah. And even just on that practical level, like you were saying, like being able to articulate this and like a job interview on a cover letter is a really important skill can take a while to just feel comfortable saying, Hey, mm-hmm. these are the things that I'm really good at. And this is why. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you can think back to when you were a college student <laughs> and you know, what, what are some things that you wish you knew then that, you know, now as it relates to wellness, strengths, anything that we talked about today? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, sure, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot, <laughs> a lot. But I would say that the biggest thing for me, as much as I know it now as a health promotion specialist, I did not realize how much power and control I had in making my my own decisions around health and wellness. I, I think personality-wise, especially when I was in college, I was much more focused. It's not that I don't, I'm not service oriented now or a people pleaser at this point in my life, but I was much more service oriented, much more people pleasing, had a hard time saying no. And I think that when I was younger, I wish that I had a little bit more, a little sooner had become a little bit more self-reflective and a little bit more of a self-advocate for my health and wellness. Um, I mean, I have great support and I was very privileged to have that and, and to not worry too, too much about certain dimensions of my health and wellness. Certainly there were others that I, I was, I struggled with more, but I think knowing that I, I could be more of an advocate for those things earlier in my college career, I think it would have helped with some of the speed bumps and some of the, you know, trials and tribulations. I also think that it would have been nice for me to (laughs) know that, Hey, some of these trials and tribulations and some of these choices that you make that maybe aren't the greatest choices that it is, it is okay. You're going to come out through, you know, you're stronger maybe than you think you are. And that by learning from that, building some resilience, you know, that you will come out on the other end. So I think having more of a positive, you know, mindset, I think in some situations that now a little bit older through college, I can kind of say, okay, you know, this, this is likely not going to be as, you know, uh, as bad as I, maybe I think it would have, or I would have, you know, many years ago, but self-advocacy, a little bit more of my own choice, but then also just that positive mindset. I wish I, I wish I had a little bit more of that as it relates to both my strengths and my well-being. you know, my health and wellness. I also feel very privileged because I found my major of health education and behavior when I was in my second semester as a sophomore. And once I found that I was hooked. And so I had a point of connection and I I began to start to see some of those things by nature of, of the major that I chose. And by choosing that major on my own, less what others expected of me and, and stuff. So I recognize I probably came to it even much sooner than a lot of folks do, but yeah, I think those things would have, would have helped, especially that positive mindset and this idea of like, you have more control and more say than you think you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I know (laughs) there, I'm sure there, there's so many things that we would all, you know, wish we knew. And so it can take time to learn those lessons for sure. But I, I feel like that's a good place to 
you know, in this conversation Mm. today, if a student listens to this or, you know, feels like they need, uh, might need some support or, Mm. you know, to reach out, what is the best way for a student to get connected with Gatorwell? You know, transitioning into that question, it reminded me of one other thing about me as a college student, I think that helps as well as utilize resources, right? There's Mm. so many resources and so many things available to you as a college student at this university. And it's a very unique time in your life. Um, When you're done here and you're not a student anymore, a lot of those uh, services and resources are not as accessible. And and so that's one thing I think I would do more and would have done sooner is is access some of those more. And one of those resources earlier on I would have hoped it would have been Gatorwell, right? Um, and so, although many, many moons have come and gone, um, and the way you connect with Gatorwell is a lot different than then uh, than that time, um, I probably the best way to reach out to Gatorwell would be, we are, so our main office is located in the first level of the Wrights Union, uh, Suite 1100, not far from the Career Connection Center. Um, you can always pop in and make appointments for the one-on-ones, get information, um, pick up any of our health behavior tools, which are typically like our giveaways associated with the various messaging. Um, You can also always call. And then we also have a pretty user-friendly accessible website. Our website, it's gatorwell.ufsa.ufl.edu. Our main office line is 352-273-4450. Um, and then personally, if if students have questions for the various experts and um, coaches and such, um, our website's a really great way to get connected via email because it's listed and it's listed based on topic areas and things. So if people have specific uh, wellness related questions or concerns, um, you can reach out to folks via that way as well. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And then our health hut, our health hut's going to be back. And around, um, it's, we started back out with it this semester, but over the summer and the fall, we're going to be out a lot more. We're going to be in lots of different locations. We're going to be doing a lot more in-person events. So um, for Gatorwell specifically, we have a Twitter, a, um, an Instagram, and a Facebook page. So all of them, all, of, all the handles are at UF, UF Gatorwell. Um, so definitely you can follow any of those. You can always get information about those events and updates. Awesome. Well, um, like sounds like there's a lot of great ways to find you guys. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. And I learned a lot. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. You can find CWC Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. Please leave us a rating and review us. Email us at cwc-talks at ufl.edu with your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Show notes, resources, and more can be found at counseling.ufl.edu slash cwctalks.